Here's a few exciting scenes from tonight's episode of The Tom Gully Show. Last night, I got excited about doing this interview because I was like, I am going to get to talk to Jenny DeVoe, and I'm also going to get to like show people how awesome these damn songs are. And I could talk to you about <laughs> redeeming. I could talk to you about redeeming for like an hour. Because yeah. when they, Go ahead, the, because I, 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 I'm like, that's my proudest moment. I think it's my simplest, proudest uh, metaphors or they all make sense to me. And if they don't make sense to somebody, I don't, I don't want to know them. You're going to need some redeeming. Or Elvis would, him and the Jordanaires would just kind of move in and out of like a microphone, like in proximity and mix themselves sometimes. And that's amazing. You also don't go, at least I don't anymore. Me either. When I wake up in the morning, it's like, it feels good to be an artist and it feels good to be viable, make my living like this. I guess the key is just to keep doing it. I feel like I'm, in a way, a very tiny trailblazer. Some people just know me and are the, just diehard fans. And then, like you know, there are people everywhere who don't know me, like even coming to Texas. You've been cheating on me. I know it's true. Two hours on the stage where all the lights drop and then you do this thing with the audience. And if you show up, the audience shows up and you have this thing that goes back and forth. Hey, listen, lady, if you remember anything about working with me at a recording <laughs> studio in advertising, it would be, I, I really don't hand out compliments with more than an eyedropper. I know that I'm here. <laughs> I'm, I'm flattered and it's absolutely easy for me to tap back into, you know, heartbreak. And I, I love singing heartbreak songs. I got a map of the world. You should follow me. We'll set out to the edge and land in the deep blue sea. Are you ready for the lightning round? Some of these questions. I'm, you, I'm ready for the lightning you round. May yeah. have, you may have answered some of these and you, you may not have. Um, here we go. Would you tell Ann Ryder that I said hello the next time you see her? I absolutely will, because did you see she was at one of my recent shows? I know that, and she's a huge fan of yours, tremendous fan of yours. She's um, a neat lady. She's so nice and so smart. That is the coolest chick on the planet. That's all there yeah, is to it. Yeah, she is. Now, I moved to Indianapolis after college, so I basically stayed in Muncie and got in any kind of trouble you could get in. I never really went to jail, though. So, but I did have. What's, I think whoa, whoa, whoa. What's really went to jail mean? <laughs> <laughs> I love that somebody with a you a you-ness about a Tom Gulliness about them likes my stuff. It makes me really happy. <laughs> Tom Gulliness. Okay. Tom <laughs> <laughs> Gulliness. That's a good. That's a he good. He has quite a Tom Gulliness about him. That's 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 a good stopping point. <laughs> Do you like uh, vampires? Due to some violent content, parental discretion is advised. It's time, America. Mr. and Mrs. North and South American, all the ships at sea, let's go to press. So sit back, buckle in, place your tray table in its upright locked position, 
and get ready for big time radio, friends. It's time for... Happy Halloween. It is Friday, October 31st, 2014, episode 224. I'm Tom Gully, and tonight on The Tom Gully Show, I never ask you guys for anything, but tonight I'm asking. I'm begging, I'm pleading, I am insisting, and I am imploring you share this podcast with the amazingly talented singer songwriter Jenny DeVoe. We'll cover Jenny's music career, her songwriting process, her legendary blonde curly hair, the record industry, how she's an accidental comedian, how I met Jenny years ago, and even some vampire talk for you Halloween fans. Plus, you'll get to hear clips of eight amazing Jenny DeVoe songs. Just go to JennyDeVoe.com to get all things Jenny DeVoe. But right now, settle back and hear from my girl back in the 317 back in the day. The best Halloween treat of all time. Singer-songwriter Jenny DeVoe, tonight on The Tom Gully Show. Every day, as the war against Japan increases in intensity, the need for waste, fats, and greases grows more critical. Here's one department where the enemy may be superior unless you help make up the difference from your kitchens. Save all waste fats and greases, no matter how discolored. Keep a clean can in which to strain them and take them regularly to your butcher. Remember, for every pound, he'll give you four cents plus two extra meat points. Down goes Frazier! Down goes Frazier! Down goes Frazier! You're listening to The Tom Gully Show. For those of you who are already fans, well, you already know. For those of you who are hearing her for the first time, get ready for my friend, singer-songwriter Jenny DeVoe. You'd uh, best be advised to grab a hold of something. You got that look, you got that look in your eyes. I ain't falling for your sweet lies And that ain't cool I'll never ever be your fool, no You think you got me, got me under your spell You're throwing pennies down and wishing well You must be dreaming Oh, my choice is leaving I got the power, I know the truth So take a listen to my heart 
walking down the street You're looking back and making eyes at me You're double talking, yeah Oh, love I double crossing, oh yeah I can tell the lies from the truth So Hello. Hello. May I speak to Jenny DeVoe? This is Jenny DeVoe. Is this Tom Gully? All day long and into the night sometimes. That is so weird and cool. <laughs> Why is it weird? It's just weird that you're that guy all day long. Oh, yeah, that is weird. That's very, very, <laughs> very weird. That's very weird. Um, I was online the other day. And this, yeah. this guy posted a thing, and he said, tell me the best artist, music, musically, not like a painter, because then the rest right. of this question will sound stupid. But okay. the, best, the best artist that I've never heard before, and I'm down here in Texas, where all they listen to is Texas music, man. They don't want to hear right. anything. And a lot of Lyle love it. A lot of Lyle love it, which is acceptable. Very acceptable. Um, all of it is acceptable. I love Texas music, and we have a lot of it on the program. But uh, you would never hear a painter, you know. So the, God, best, yeah. the best artist that I've never heard before, and I immediately, bam, went Jenny DeVoe and That's posted awesome. it, you know. Um, yeah, thank is, you. Well, no. I mean, it is awesome to be able to turn people on to Jenny DeVoe. Last night, I got excited about doing this interview because I was like, I am going to get to talk to Jenny DeVoe, and I'm also going to get to like show people how awesome these damn songs are. And I could talk to you about <laughs> redeeming. I could talk to you about redeeming for like an hour. Because yeah. when that, Go ahead, the, because I, 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 I'm like, that's my proudest moment. I think it's my simplest, proudest uh, metaphors. Or they all make sense to me. And if they don't make sense to somebody, I don't. I don't want to know them. I picked you from a lineup And when the jury asked me If I thought that you should be free Told them, oh, you've taken this everything, and all that's left is what's left of me. So I, I guess that you're a criminal, just like me, and you're gonna need some redeeming. Obviously, you're we're known. You're yeah. you're rock solid, and throughout the Midwest, right, it's a staple. We are like ketchup and mustard here. People do know us, but you know, I think some people still don't know us here because we'll still 
go to different pockets of Indiana and they'll be like, I've never heard you before. And that is the beauty and power of big corporate dollars and promotions, which we don't have. So that would be the beautiest part of that. Oh, we're going to get to that girl. We're going to be awesome. We're going to throw down on that in a minute. But um, now you do realize there are parts of Indiana where they haven't heard of fire yet. Right. I do. Yes. And I did have a girl ask me once um, what it was like in Indianapolis. And she lives literally just in a little hub about 15 minutes away. And I thought, girl, you've got to get out. (laughs) (laughs) Where was she from? Tell me the city. She was in Kokomo. Kokomo. So not not 15 minutes away, but I mean just right beside. Right beside. Driving pretty fast, you can... You know, and uh, could have done it. She could do it. And the thing is, when you get to Kokomo, you can't drive fast because they have like seventy thousand stoplights, right? Two blocks. And do you know? And have you been in Michigan a lot by chance? Oh, of course, yes. Well, I believe. Oh my gosh, this is my dog. He wants to be part of this. This is Benny. One Love of my to dogs. have your dog on the show. He's real excited about it. He's got a little uh, stuffed Pokemon. And he just ate, and he's thanking me. This is how he talks to me. But, um, Benny, stop. Uh, but anyway, this, um, the Highway Planning Committee, I believe, has infiltrated Indiana. They're starting to do that thing where you can't turn left. What? You can't? You know that. Oh, you've got to. Those, those no left turns. Yeah, you go yeah, through yeah. it, then you do a U-turn. Yeah, yeah. That's crazy. It's just ridiculous. Well, you know, the uh, roundabouts are my big thing when I... I hate them. We have figure eights. We don't even have roundabouts here. We have things where little old ladies have to crook their necks all the way to the left, and then they still get hit. They get, they get onto the roundabout, and then the person who's on the inside leg really wants to turn at the very next spot. It's just weird. It is. You don't like them? It's no, because it's like if you're going, like, say that roundabout at 116th and uh, Keystone. If you're yes. on 116th and you want to go north on Keystone and you have to take a left turn to do it, you're going, okay, dude, are you going on the roundabout no. straight or are you also turning? What the, it, it's like a car is coming That's, straight straight at you. and you It's gotta, ridiculous. It's, it's nuts. It's ridiculous. And people up it's in stupid. Carmel. I don't know I, who said it was okay. I don't know if I, – I've seen two wrecks on them, whereas if there were just still a stoplight or nothing – you know, well, like, we're, we're gonna, you need to just be able to do an exit. Just do an exit. That's, we're going to solve the social injustices of Carmel one at a time. Um, well, we do play a lot in uh, Michigan, so we try to solve as many social injustices in the entire region. Well, no, in the entire United States and I the world so. while we're on our big trip to England or wherever. Well, and now yeah. you and I met... A long time ago. At Ripple Effects. Yeah. And yes. you were work- I was pouring coffee and I was getting donuts and I had just graduated from Ball State with a fabulous um, psychology degree and telecommunications degree. And I was just trying to get close to whatever was going on in this town with uh, music. And I ended up just getting lucky and landing a really cool commercial thing for like five years with the Meyer Superstore stuff. Well, the, uh, but I was always writing my own stuff. 
well, yeah, and you you were awesome. Now, I never was one of those people that would make you get me coffee and stuff. In fact, well, thank you. No, I'm I'm like famous for I'll, I'll get my own coffee. Thank you. In I fact, like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think not everybody's like that. <laughs> Well, I was going to ask you if you remember what it was like to work with me back then, but I, I don't know. You were funny and quick-witted, and there are a handful of people who I just really enjoyed, and you were definitely one of them. Well, I, I liked working with you because it wasn't, and, I, and by the way, the ripple effects in general, uh, because yeah. it, it wasn't all that, um, can I get you a crumpet? You know, I'm like, right. I, I'm not here right. for that. I'm here to do this and go home. By the way, if I had my druthers, I wouldn't be doing it. And right. the lottery guy is going to be here in a half hour and you want to see stress, yep. hang around, you know, <laughs> and get him a crumpet because right. he'll, he'll expect a crumpet. Trust me. Um, oh yeah. And there are people who definitely wanted that part of it. And the, the guys would definitely alert me if it was, um, I did other things there. I did like all their billing and I did stuff that I probably shouldn't have been doing that they put in my hands and I got pretty good at. So therefore now I run my own business that I've incorporated since 98. And I think I learned a lot about uh, doing bids and quotes, uh, invoicing um, how many days, you know, just a lot of things that came in handy when I started doing lots of commercial singing and voiceover. But um, the guys would definitely alert me and say, this is going to be a, big dog and pony show <laughs> this is going to be a small one we just if, <laughs> if we didn't have to say we didn't have to say but yeah. you know it's funny when you get a bunch of creative people together um all the creative people are always so fun but then when you throw into the mix that the corporate element which is going to be the client sometimes they're creative too but they get caught in that web of really trying to no they're not they're not creative you're being more nice. important than it really is you're just being nice they're not creative um, but then the other well, thing they is, can't, some of them are, but they're stuck. And then you wonder, because no, then they want to, there's seven yeah. opinions going on. Well, you know, it, you just reminded me. And then I also worked with you as, as, as in a different way, because I started doing a lot of voice work myself. Yeah. You've got at, a great voice at your, at your place. And, uh, I think we did the steak and shake spots there and a bunch of other, but anyway, yeah. um, I, and I, I remember when I met you because I said, DeVoe, I'm just going to take a uh -huh. flyer flyer here. Are you related to Bob DeVoe? DeVoe. Oh, That's God. That's my husband's father. Oh, yes. yeah. Oh, my goodness. Mm -hmm. Oh, my goodness. What a guy. I, uh, I could tell you stories. Uh, well, I'm, and I would believe them. Um, I know he was married to Rob's mom for like 30 years, and then they divorced. And then he remarried, but... He was a kind of just a fun guy who would have probably loved life had he just maybe, I don't know, won the lottery and not had to work. He, he didn't, because I had him for a class, a couple classes too. Uh -huh. And it, they weren't really like classes. They were just kind of like, yeah, here we are. Hanging out. Hanging out. Yep. Kind of hanging out. Tell me, Zay, call me what you want. Tell me I'm crazy, baby. Oh, call me underdone. Call me a dreamer. Oh, call me over with. Call me a doctor, cause baby, 
questions here we, we've just been okay we've just been chatting um i like it. are you doing now you do this every day all day long there's benny he's talking to you i uh do it as many days as i can find something interesting to put out there um cool. but lately it's been pretty much every day every other day um a lot of interesting stuff <laughs> let's hope um you know it's, if you have a low bar for interesting, my show is a great place to come. Um, uh, it's good to know. I set my bar low for anything that I can, okay. so that I'm not disappointed. Well, the first question, so you were born, and then what happened? I was born, and then I had curly hair, which I hated. And you, um, you, you can't hate your hair. Now, see, there goes one of my later questions because I said it's. Well, I, I love it now. No, I love it now. But but when I was born, and then it started happening. I know my mom and her brother used to send. Um, they were kind of audio files. I I was born into a family of musical people, very intelligent people, kind of nerdy people. My dad always had like real to real stuff, and he always listened to like Glenn Miller and Louis Armstrong and. Billy Holiday, and they would do these tapes and send reel to reels. How we have our phones now, or we can send voicemails. They would pack up reel to reels of conversations and then send them off to each other so they could sit and listen to each other's voices without having um, mop bell charges because everything was long distance oh, yeah. charges. So there's this reel to reel that exists where my mom is giving me a bath and she's talking to her brother. And I'm pretty young, but my hair is starting to not do anything that she wants it to. And she's saying to my brother or her brother, I think Jenny's hair is going to maybe stay curly. It's getting really curly. I don't really know what to do with it. <laughs> it just <laughs> was really funny. Like she had just discovered that she had fostered an animal that she didn't quite know, <laughs> which was basically my life. That was, I was kind of the oddball in the family and I love my family and they love me. Um, but we're, uh, we're all, they're all so different from me, but the similarity is my mom's very musical, and so is my dad. Now, do you have um, a region of the country that you grew up in? He said, I grew up in, without yep, knowing my, the answer. <laughs> I grew up in the Midwest. Uh, grew up actually in Muncie, Indiana. And I have vivid memories of our very first home, which was. Yeah, out in the country in the shape of a barn. So it may well have been a barn that my mom and dad rented. And um, that was just really heaven. I remember we had grapevines. It was just a place they rented. But I have such great memories of little Muncie. And then we moved uh, one other time. And 
um, we have, I have an older sister and a younger brother. And, um, then I moved to Indianapolis after college. So I basically stayed in Muncie and got in any kind of trouble you could get in. I never really went to jail though. So, but I did have, what's, I think whoa, whoa, whoa. There, what's really went to jail mean? <laughs> <laughs> well, I would say we all got pulled over when we were underage and I maybe had to the station because we had driven to, um, dark County, dark County sounds so ominous, dark County, <laughs> Ohio, so that we could drink while we were underage. So a lot of underage stuff where it was, you know, when it's, it's most fun is, is, uh, well, back then, you know, in a small town, well, you remember back then when like, uh, you get caught with a case of beer and like the bad thing that would happen would be, you'd have to endure the Pour shame of pouring it out. Now you'd yep. be like on the five o'clock news and your parents would lose their jobs and, it was a oh, sim- I know. Now simpler time. Well, there's Facebook, and everything is documented. They can almost plan who you're going to catch that night because you're going to right. see. I mean, it's just there's this obliviousness that kids have that I thank God we didn't have Facebook yeah. because, you know, I think, remember the very first thing that came along was Girls Gone Wild, and it was like, this is horrible. Like, this is etched in time forever and documented. And, you know, we're lucky we didn't have that kind of stuff. Yeah, I, I am more than any. Um, now, now, growing <laughs> up, what, what, <laughs> I seriously, man, uh, ser- well, where you were. I remember you. Yes, yes I, I remember you always flashing where, where, your chest people. Where, where uh, well, you were right across the street from some of my most heinous. Connors Pub. Oh, God. This, this, oh, geez, man. Infamous, just, infamous, yeah. There for, alone. For so many people. Oh, the debauchery that went on. At the, and, and, and just, I remember the first time I walked into that place and it's like the wood floors, there's like holes in the drywall. And I'm like, are we in some, right. some guy's rec room? Uh, yeah. You know, so. Do you remember the van? Do you remember the, uh, oh, the yes. uh, van that was covered with. <sighs> What was it covered with? What do you call the astroturf? The oh, astroturf yeah, van. yeah, it was. It had a Pink Floyd thing on the side. The shaggy van, yeah, yeah. Oh, anyway, now so musically, you said you, you came from a musical family. What kind of music did you like growing up? Do you remember, like, maybe, um, you know, the first music you gravitated to when you were younger? Yes, the first music I loved was all of my dad's stuff. It's like I took to it right away and it was Louis Armstrong, Billy Holiday, Glenn Miller, um, the best stuff, quality, tasteful, jazz, blues. My dad, um, you know, and then they would take me to church and I'd have to learn church music because my mom was the church choir director. But I loved that other stuff. And then, um, you know, getting, when I started getting too cool for school, um, I remember picking out my idol, who was Aretha Franklin, and then Bonnie Raitt. So both those ladies were kind of who I just used as inspiration, and I just would imitate them and stand in front of the mirror and, you know, had never really had my heart broken before. But I I could feel whatever it was they were singing about was just, it's like, oh, I get this. I just absolutely get this. This is actually, it's like I felt like I was, born with part of this in my soul and that's just 
stayed with me and I've, you know, gotten to meet Bonnie and she's very, very cool. And, um, she's mentioned me on stage when I was at concerts. She didn't even know I was at, which is the weirdest and coolest thing. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's just very, very cool. And I'm sure as we go around as artists and collect our press, I'm sure she probably thought, uh, it was kind of a drag once because in Indianapolis it was, I was getting to do my first jazz fest and Bonnie, um, Oh, no, no. Actually, I wasn't doing that jazz fest. That's what was, this is why it was kind of so cool. Because the writer, our, our music critic, wrote that Bonnie Raitt mentioned me on stage, gave a shout out to Jenny DeVoe as a really great artist. And I'm sure when she collected her press, she thought, who cares? Yeah. <laughs> she just wants to see that she did great, you know, because that's what you want. It's like once you leave a town, you're like, oh, gosh, I hope I hope the writing's good. And uh, sometimes it isn't. But, you know, I've, I've not had much in that way so far. So knock on wood. And if I have, don't anybody send it to me because I don't, I don't want to know about it. Well, yeah, don't send it to me either because I'll kick your ass, man. I will. You're just beating up on my girl, my girl from the 317. Damn that it. is right. Straight out of Compton. Just straight out the 317 out there by <laughs> Shadeland and Pendleton Pike. Straight out the 317, sometimes the 765 and now sometimes. Yeah, you, well, now you're the 765, yeah. Back in the day, yeah. though, that was that was still the 317 back in the day. I right? have my 317 still. I kept the 317. I've hung on to it. I have mine, too, and I live in Dallas now. I love that. I know yeah. people who do that. All the people who've left the state and still have that is, it's like, no, you can't take my number. You can't have my digits. Well, I'm keeping I, my prefix. There's just too many people on it. I know. It's too much of a hassle. But anyway. So a lot of your songs have an element, not a lot, more than one of your songs has an element of, hey, dude, you really hurt me. And or, hey, dude, don't you really hurt me. Yeah. And you seem pretty damn happy. And I think you've been married for a couple years. Yeah. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. I believe all the music that I grew up with. It's not a lot of subject matter really changes in the best of the best songs. 
And the stuff that I write, I just think everything usually does have to do with relationships or unless it's uber young and they're trying to talk about a party or a, you know, or taking Molly or whatever they're doing. Um, The best of the best songs. Exactly. Gaming. um, Yeah, just kind of not Disney stuff. The real stuff is, I think, inspired. And so I, I wouldn't say I'm either proud nor, you know, not proud of just the fact that I've definitely had my heart broken. And when I was younger, before I ever had a relationship, I remember kind of emulating all this. You know, like I was saying before, I definitely felt it someplace within me. But um, being vulnerable to having a relationship and getting your heart broken, I think that was like the best gift I was ever given for my songwriting. Um, I probably had two really tough heartbreaks. And I would say that they were young. I mean, they were before, you know, they were before college and, um, but they were serious. And, you know, as we know, kids take things hard. I mean, you only have your life experience, um, to base how you're navigating everything. And it's serious when, when you're there, when you're in the middle of it, it's hard and it's, you know, and some of the best catharticism stuff that comes out of it, like just doing cathartic things like writing, writing out the best line, like when you're getting over hurt. And so I collected all these different writings and it's absolutely easy for me to tap back into, you know, heartbreak. And I, I love singing heartbreak songs. It's like, there's just, there's something about leaving it there. I mean, I love being on stage. I love doing that. And actually my shows are funny. I mean, I like talking oh, God. my set. They're hilarious. <laughs> Just the clips Thank that I've, you, you know, it, it, the, the clips that you'll see of her on YouTube, you'll see that Jenny's, let's just say, uh, extemporaneously com- funny. Just a little closet comedian. The, the, uh, the unintentional comedian. Um, the un- accidental comedian. Like yeah. The accidental chorus. Yeah. I mean. So I uh, am happy. See, yeah, I went full circle. Very, I am happy. Very, very happy. Um, the uh, the songwriting process then for you, what, how does that work for you? I mean, do you start with an idea? Do you start with a melody? Um, does your your uh, type of song you like to sing influence the way you're going to build a song, or does the the words and the emotion and the the thought of the story uh, guide you, or just it happen different every time? Yes. Yes to all that. It happens, (laughs) and and it does happen differently every single time. Um, One of my favorite songs, which I've licensed to some different commercials, is called Butterfly. And I will, like, for that particular song, I was sitting on the sofa, and this sounds so cornball, but a butterfly, like, flew by my window. And I just had this little uh, melody in my head, and... There was some r- the rainfall, the too, melody. as well, right? Right after that, some rainfall right outside the window? No, but I had to run up. No rainfall for that one. But oh, okay. it definitely rain plays into, you know, that moody stuff. And definitely rain is literally put into uh, some of my songwriting. I've written songs in the car when it's pouring down rain. And there's something about being in a car when you're driving. It must be all of the different things that are flashing in front of your your vision that set something off in your brain, at least for me. I have to have my 
a little recorder beside me so I can record lines and melodies. And that butterfly song, top to bottom, basically, I just went upstairs with no guitar because it was so quick. It's like, God, I don't want to forget this. So I went, because we were watching TV, Butterfly went by the window, got the inspiration, went upstairs, songs done. And then I got with um, my guitar after that and then started delivering it to my guitar and trying to figure out the basic chord structure to support the melody. And, um, and then I got with a better guitar player. I have two guys I really love to work with. And we'll sit and they'll let me, um, you know, they, they'll help be like a paintbrush. They know there's a melody working and they'll try to help with their way, uh, way more skilled um, abilities on guitar. We'll help pick out better, you know, chord transitions and just different things like, oh, you know, yes, you did have a basic C right here, but, you know, your melody actually works over this and this. Like, and they do all these crazy things, which I could cool. never do. And it's, oh, yeah, that's beautiful. Very, so very it cool. does work from lyric to guitar or just sitting down on my keyboard and trying to, you know, hack things out. It, it, it happens so many different ways. But kind of being ready for it is your job. You have to go, uh, uh, I'm not going to do that one. Yeah, I've got a little idea right now. I'm going to let it go. Because you'll hear it on the radio by somebody else, and you'll go, I thought of that line, or I thought of that. And I believe in that. These thought waves and different things kind of travel around, and and you get delivered a gift, and if you don't use it, you're going to regret it. Well, you know, on the subject of rain, what if it rains is one yes. of my favorite Jenny DeVoe songs. I could tell you Thank all my you. favorites if you want to hear them. Um, I do want to hear them. Oh, you want to hear my favorites of your songs? I do. Um, yes, I do. Uh, Redeeming, big favorite of oh, big. My favorite, big, one big, of big. my favorites. A map Thank of the you. world. You've got good taste. You mentioned butterfly. Nice. Map of the world. Um, uh, let's see here. I'll think of one in a second. Uh, I'll Keep You Alive is another one of my favorite Jimmy awesome. DeVoe songs. Does that remind you of anybody? If you were to say that was uh, inspired by any other artist, who would it be? Um, I, I wouldn't say because it's a Jenny DeVoe song. Thank you. Well, thank you. But it's got an old-fashioned song, don't you think? Well, yeah. I mean, a lot of your stuff is uh, somewhat traditional. But I'm going to tell you something. Yep. Two, two songs of yours that that are just uh, um, all that sugar and foolproof. Uh, yes. All of your bluesy stuff is, you know, going to be good with me. Um, uh, did I say I'll break down? That means I break down? I break down is one of my favorite ones. I wrote that yeah. with no guitar as well. Yeah. That is a fun one to sing, too. Th those, uh, uh, Healer, another. Um, nice. You know, I've, I've spent the last... Uh, two days with my Jenny DeVoe songbook, and it's just great stuff. At the end of the interview, Thank I'll beg I'll beg you to play the uh, clips off of your website of these these songs, so people can hear little pieces of them, or I'll just send them to your site. It doesn't matter to me, just as long as they listen. As as <laughs> they, they need to get there. It's the main thing. <laughs> they they they, uh, they they need to to hear this stuff. It's really good. And the thing Thank that you. struck me of 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 it all is the uh, diversity of the music, you know, going from, from one end of, of the, the, 
the songs that are there, the songs that are on your albums. You got about five albums now? You know, really, if I counted a couple of them that are, we just sort of, I need to put out, because I don't really put out cover stuff, um, but I have a, a couple of cover CDs. So if you total everything in, there's about eight. But really, five studio, five strong studio CDs that, um, yeah, the last three we made over in Bath and Bristol, England, because of the producer. So when you said redeeming and what if it rains and all that sugar, I feel real, um, real good about the guy I've been working with because he has helped me be better, a better visionary before the CD's made as opposed to just seeing accidentally what happens mm-hmm. and what comes out. I got you. And um, those, all those songs that you said, are, it's like, oh my gosh, these are, these are my favorite songs because um, I was working with him on all of them, except What If It Rains, I think we did here. But, um, the, yeah, it's just, it's kind of like the guy can speak to every musician and he can also keep you from putting anything down that's so ridiculously overdone or not needed. And that is nobody gets to overplay. We don't get to be a bar band. It's like everybody, you know, you want to, you want it to be fresh for a listener and meaningful. And when you clog it up with, oh my gosh, there's a space there. We could put another, oh, we could put a riff here of some yeah. sort. It gets just basic, basic obnoxious. I was thinking Maybe we could Get together sometime But I was thinking You might like me Cause I like you just fine You see I was thinking Well I'm about you Thinking maybe You were sitting around Just thinking a lot about me I wasn't hoping Maybe we could Get together Sometime So what if it rains What if it pours Down on you and me Are we gonna give up On everything I don't think so I don't think so What if it So the, the elemental nature of all the stuff that you've done is really cool. And um, that segues into something that, you know, we can both get our soapbox over for a second, which is, you know, the way music is distributed and even the publicity that surrounds it and, you know, the way people are really being denied an opportunity to choose what music they like and they're being denied an opportunity to be exposed to lots of different kinds right. of music. The, the type of music that you do would, would go over down here. And I don't mean to be down on Indianapolis, but the live performance intensity and ability for people to actually make a very good living performing in public in front of people, original songs and uh, radio stations actually that play nothing but 
those original songs. Um, yeah. That that's a huge thing, and it's 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 tragic to me that the music that that lives down here that's really awesome they don't get to hear where you're at, and if right. if more people down here would hear some of the songs I've mentioned, obviously are, are some of the very acoustic or very bluesy things, which, which yeah. tend to go over big down here in Texas and, and other places as well. I mean, think everywhere. And it's, it's uh segues into, can you talk about that in terms of yeah. control of an artist? And, and I'm going to talk just for one more second. You know, Tim Brickley, right? Yes. Uh, what I like about you and Tim is that you guys make your own music and you don't release an album until it's the it's the thing that you want to make. It's right. it's all and it could take four years or it could take two years or it could take one. Yeah, you're right. So control of as as an artist over what you're doing, uh, and then that whole you know now that it's done, how do you get it out there and and get it you know in front of as many people and let let them decide. Yeah, I'm. Um, I hear all of that, and it's like all of what you just said is probably that is like a when I wake up in the morning, it's like it feels good to be an artist and it feels good to be uh, viable, make my living like this. But the thing that does seem to be the roadblock, or it's funny, we just did um, like we just did a little private show that we had, we did our last. CD with a, a big Kickstarter campaign, because that's one of the things that artists are always up against. Um, you don't want to, I don't know anybody at any job who wants to work 365 days a year. Um, and I think that's why there are so many young artists on labels um, or a select few, because a label, a record label is a bank, and they want something they can market and sell. Young, young people um, have a certain kind of energy, and they'll use them up, and then they'll also spit them out. Sometimes we don't hear from really, really great artists that they found. We might not hear from them again if they get dropped from their label, and people wonder where they went. And I can guarantee you from talking to some different famous people who have been dropped, they wonder why everybody's not following them still. And what it is is it's the magic of that um, relentless publicity that we either see in print or on radio. As we know, the radio waves um, have been sort of, you know, there are some really great, great radio stations who are completely independent, play what they want, but it does seem to be always a competition uh, and, and also not just a competition, but people need to make money. Radio people need to make money. I mean, people need to sell advertising. Everything kind of swirls around in this thing that it's like, oh my gosh, I don't even want to know. I just want to get to fans. How can I eliminate spending my time learning so much about a business um, that really I just want to be an artist? Well, you really, as an artist, do have to end up learning some of these things to know how you're going to navigate it, how you're going to step around it, how you're going to have a fringe, um, you're going to have a fringe career, and still be respected. And the hardest, hardest, hardest part sometimes is when somebody's giving you a compliment after a show, and they go, "You should be famous. Why aren't you on the radio? You should do this." And you feel what you've already thought, but you think you get through that. You're like, "I'm just, 
I'm doing this. Like you're so happy when people embrace you, but it's behind, it's in the back of your mind too. It's like, yeah, why? I mean, I, I feel I've got a, a catalog of life and heartache and super amazing work with amazing people. So it's like, I guess the key is just to keep doing it. And, you know, I don't, I think the big, the really, really big answers are money is power. And, um, you know, sometimes it takes somebody to kind of pick you up and invest in you. Uh, but you really have to want to work with those people. So, you know, um, I had gotten some interest from Atlantic at, at a certain time, uh, another big label out in New York, um, Universal. But the problem at that time was all the record label industry stuff was changing. And money incentives, like they fired so many people. Like you remember when labels just kind of went away. That was happening as I was starting. Right. And it was like, what am I going to do? And, you know, people are like, you can't go make your own CD. That's stupid. But I did. And it ended up being, I feel like I'm, in a way, a very tiny trailblazer. Some people just know me and are the, just diehard fans. And then, like you know, there are people everywhere who don't know me. Like even coming to Texas, we did something. We did the Wildflower Festival. We did something, played like a little mini set. I came all the way out to Texas to play this tiny little three-song set because I wanted to grab some people. Um, but we've wanted to get into South by Southwest before. What that South by Southwest used to represent to artists like me were you knew somebody was going to sit and listen to you and then put you in if you were good enough. Right. Being good enough that it does, doesn't seem to matter as much anymore. I know that, now, that, that whole thing has changed from what it started out to be, which was <clears> sort of like this organic, hey, all these really independent type of artists are going to get together That's down here. That's what we used that, to think it was. Yeah. And, and, it was like, this is a new place to showcase. Uh, and now it's, it's not. Famous. Now <laughs> it's so corporate and it's so hashtagged and it's so, you know, it, it's... Well, it's, we can't even submit without... We can't even submit our music without going through this other company called Sonic Bids. And the one thing as an artist that artists should put their foot down about is Sonic Bids takes your money to submit. There's no promise. So when they're taking $15 from thousands of people, that means nobody's going to sit and listen to thousands of songs. And it's like, I feel there are really, really worthy artists who have really done so much and dedicated their lives to making good art. You just want to be able to go, I want to get this to somebody who will sit and listen to it and go, you're freaking good enough and you're going to be in this and showcase you. Um, but it, you know, it, it just, it's harder and harder to get into places without going through this gatekeeper of sonic bids. And it's like, I got, I just, I have a, my head kind of turns when I think of it. It's like, this isn't how it's supposed to be. I mean, there it's, it's, um, that's a money-making thing that Sonic Bids is a money-making thing. People, artists with no money <laughs> submitting things right. should not be subjected to that. I saw a butterfly out my window Oh, and I think we both know Beauty only lasts so long And I see the rain fall outside my window 
But I ain't worried cause I know A brand new day can't be wrong And gray skies, they can only bring rainbows And rainbows, they only make me smile Life is short And there ain't no time for crying To say nothing of the fact that, like, the internet technology allows people to find what they want. You right. know what I mean? It's like there shouldn't, there should not be a, a gatekeeper. It should be, you there know, there should be no gate. Right. And radio gatekeepers are bad. I never. There's really no situation in any paradigm that's ever existed since the beginning of time where a gatekeeper was a cool guy. Right. You're right. He's you a guy think who's about making it, money, even in he's, movies. He's, He's printing tickets and he's selling them. Yeah. And, um, and that is, you know, I, I've, I've read, I, I love to read. And, and that's the same with the, the book industry as well. They're, the, um, the publishers are somebody that if you read about, um, it, there's a great book of quotes from all these artists and a lot of them talk about publishers, but it, it ended up being the necessary evil because artists and writers and painters are not, really uh, that good of business people. So there does need to be a good business acumen surrounding you, but it, but it can also turn into what anything can, which is a, an ugly thing where somebody's like, ah, I see an opportunity to make huge money here. And, you know, yeah, being that, that one gatekeeper that is just collecting money and it's like, yeah, I just don't believe that anybody's sitting and listening to all of that. So God bless internet radio and all these other things and putting your songs. People used to think it was horrible to put your songs in commercials, but I have to tell you, um, getting them launched on normal radio anymore is getting to prove to be really, really hard. I mean, the launch seems to be, you know, we've got the voice, we've got, you know, American Idol, we've got all these shows and it's like there, there really is some talent that shows up there. One of my friends won it last year. And I remember when he would play before us to a crowd and it's like, he's phenomenal, but he's been trying to get noticed forever. Like he went on star search and he went on, um, um, America's got talent. Like he did all those audition things. I think I'm a horrible auditioner, so I don't think that I think I would be like the the best part of a show for me is not knowing there's any industry people in the audience because you really want this amazing energy with an audience where you've worked your ass off. You might have gotten in a fight with a band member. You might have had a meeting. You might have all the stuff that leads up to having a show working it out with the venue, everything gets tedious and it's no fun. You can make it as fun as you can, but you do all that just to have two hours on the stage where all the lights drop and then you do this thing with the audience. And if you show up, the audience shows up and you have this thing that goes back and forth. So like Little Danville, Indiana, where I think you've seen some yes. of my favorite. Oh, gosh, that's that, the... that's it's because of them. It's they drop the lights. People come for that. 
and then we show up and then it just gets to be this like it's like a love fest the story <laughs> that like, you love. tell before you sing uh, look the, the 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 youtube video of jenny performing in danville indiana she sings foolproof and she tells the funniest story about her producer and she does a british accent i was gonna have her do it on the show but now i'm not gonna go see the youtube video um, nobody discovers music on the radio anymore. I can remember living in Carmel, right. being in a guy's front yard, working on his car, and waiting for the new, insert name of artist, song. They would be on the radio, you know, it's five after the hour, and yeah, and just two more songs, we're going to have that new Elton John song. You know, you know, you, hey, here's a Coke commercial. <laughs> you, you waited for that. That's Radio was where right. you discovered the new music. You don't. Dis- there's no surprises on the radio anymore. No. It, it's nope. it's all the same in every town. It's in, yeah. and that's the other thing. When I was a youngster, they had top ten songs by town in Billboard, and and so so Philadelphia could have a completely different than than Indianapolis or any other town uh-huh. because people in different areas, those regional artists would bubble up that way and stuff. It right. was it was not quite so. You're you're either playing in a you know a small club in front of a hundred people, or you're playing in a in a stadium. You know, there's right. There's, uh, but anyway, enough of that. I I, I got this. I love this hippie chick, peasant, pleasant, a peasant, peasant, black rented lips. The hippie chick psychedelic thing is so cool. Uh-huh. How did that come about? Is it just because that's the way you are? Um, I think that is the way I am. I mean, I think that because I have um, a little bit of, oh gosh, I hate, hate to even divulge it. I have a, well, I've always had a little battle with my hair. I've come to grow into that and accept it. Super, super um, kinky head. Didn't know what to do with it. Used to straighten it. I, I should just go ahead and show some terrible photos of me where I have put relaxer cream on my hair. Um, and have straight hair, but I used to want really straight hair when I was growing up. I had but a great Grady I, perm. Oh, my husband used to get perms, so it's so yeah. funny. It's like why would I was like, why would you do that to your hair? I met him in high school, so we've been together a long time, but uh, we haven't been together that whole time. Central, to North, South Side. Um, he went to North Side, and I went to Central. Uh, he didn't have high school met, anymore. <laughs> I know. No, my nephews went to Northside as a junior high. They don't Isn't have, that funny? Yeah. But, um, but the, the outfits are, I think I just throw stuff in a suitcase, put things together at the end, right, right before I'm going on stage, I've probably changed three times. I have a little trouble with color and my husband tells everybody I'm colorblind. I don't think I really am, but I do have, uh, I'm challenged in fashion so the fashion has evolved out of me just putting my blinders on and figuring out, here's a key for any artist, whatever you're comfortable in is going to be, and you're not thinking about, totally. is going to make you sing better. So when I'm on stage, I'm usually pretty comfortable. Um, so you'll notice I don't wear stilettos and I don't wear super short skirts and I don't have dance moves because, not because... You know, talented people who can do all of that, I actually pass off to them. Singing and dancing. and You know who I absolutely love is Pink. Her doing her aerial stuff and her acrobatics and her uh, while she's singing. I can really only think about singing while I'm on stage. So if I have to think about my top having a malfunction, 
is I'm going to probably sound horrible because I've got my mind on something else. So key to fashion is be comfortable, put together whatever you want. There are no rules. That's basically how that evolved. Long story to, or long answer to your what, short what, question. <laughs> what, may, what, what makes you think I need fashion tips? <laughs> I don't think you do. No, I think, you're, I think you've got it down. Renowned for my sartorial. Anyway. <laughs> Um, okay. Now this is the ending part here where we do the lightning round. Are you ready for the lightning round? Some of these questions, I'm, you, I'm ready for the lightning you round, may yeah. have, you may have answered some of these and you, you may not have. Um, here we go. Okay. For, first car you ever had. Uh, station wagon with wood panel. That is correct. Least favorite part of your job at the recording studio. Um, having headphones on, it feels like what a cat feels like if you put a hair clip on a cat, which maybe I've done and maybe I haven't. That is correct. First concert <laughs> you ever went to? Like hardcore concert. Ted Nugent, ACDC, I got grounded. That is correct. When, yes. when they make the blockbuster motion picture, the Jenny DeVoe story... Who will play you? Ah, oh, Pink. That is correct. First album you bought with your own money? Uh, Aria Speedwagon, You Get What You Play For. I think everybody in the general Indianapolis region, would, a lot of people would have that answer. Um, <laughs> are you dressing up for Halloween? Um, yes, yes. I will be receiving trick-or-treaters. Yes. That is correct. Your favorite thing about living in Indianapolis? Uh, the people, and it's close to my family. That's my favorite. That is correct. Would you tell Ann Ryder that I said hello the next time you see her? I absolutely will, because did you see she was at one of my recent shows? I know that, and she's a huge fan of yours, tremendous fan of yours. She's um, a neat lady. She's so nice and so smart. That is the coolest chick on the planet. That's all there yeah, is to it. Yeah, she is. Um, she's done a lot, and she does a lot for people, for others. A she's, very, she's got an altruistic gene in her. That she's a bright light, just walking around, making the earth shinier. Okay. I agree. Yes. Worst. <laughs> well put. Worst thing about being on the Tom Gully show. <sighs> that it's not face to face on Skype. Because I love that kind of interaction, and I love your personality, and I love that I knew you before everybody else knew you. Yeah, right, right. Um, hey. The worst thing, that there are no snacks, donuts, and coffee. Well, I would bring them to you and roll reversal. Okay. Um, okay. <laughs> can I play the harmonica with you sometime? Absolutely. And how can people get a hold of you? What's the best place to do stuff, you know? Jenny DeVoe-ish online, and how can they get your music and all that good stuff? Um, we plug away, are, they can, plug away. They can start a Pandora station because we've had our stuff on there and we're adding all that stuff. But JennyDeVoe.com kind of has all the answers. We definitely, and that's J-E-N-N-I-E-D-E-V-O-E.com. And you can get led to just downloading songs on iTunes or Nimbit, or it will take you to Facebook things. 
Uh, we do have one whole Facebook page that's completely full, so we really want everybody to go to the fan page because when Facebook started, I didn't know. I just started it. I'm that really, I started you. it as a personal page, and I can't get that transition thing where I just want it to be a blanket. Um, everybody can go there and get the same info, and then I'm going to get rid of that personal one at some point. I just really have family there because some of the things people post are crazy. Oh, no, no. Hey, look, this show lives on the Internet, man. Do you, do you, you know, you reach a point where, um, see, I don't go, I don't do a lot of like me or like my page or follow me on me Twitter. Neither. Yeah. I, but but I because I don't Twitter. We do have a Twitter, but I've only done it a couple of times, and then I back kind of backed away. Unless it's really important, I don't want to keep have to keep up with myself. There's so much to keep up with. Well, no, I do writing. it. I mean, I post a lot to those things because I I, I that's just kind of who I am. That's part I mean, of what you do. Yeah, right? yeah. But I don't ask people to interact with. That. I figure if they want to, they know it's there. But the people right. that that do my show, they I care about plays and downloads. I just all I care about. So my right. show is everywhere. It's distributed all over the place. You can get it. It's like. People get all caught up in that stuff, and it's like at a certain point you get high school. It gets high schooling. Well, you get caught up in. There's a certain. I think it was around when I started. I could give you the number, but the point of it is, that's when the crazies come. Because at a right. certain point, when you're small, it's just the people that really give a darn, you know. And right. then you get to a point where you're in enough places that enough fringe people start to arrive. That will say or do anything and they don't care. Yep. And it, it's just like, why yep. are you even here? You know, and you just right. at a certain point, you either tune them all out or you figure out some way to keep them out. And it's impossible because they're very right. reptilian and hard to get rid of. And Look, my music is what I really want you to like. If you do like me at it. A, di- a safe distance, <laughs> then yeah. that's awesome yeah. too. Well, and um, I, I have to take, you know, a certain amount of it because my show goes after issues a lot of the time. And I right. get it that automatically there's going to be some people upset and I, and that comes with the territory and I get it, but, but there's people that just want to be evil, you know, and I know. Just, stop it. Stop. What no, is that? Quit being evil. Stop it. Stop with the evil. Evil is Don't not good. It. Yeah. And you know, I think they'd probably wake up and they're unhappy and they're lonely and it comes with that. Have too much time on your hands and, the easy remedy is don't for those people it's like you know they know they're just they're looking for a connection and for some reason negativity has been the thing that has gotten them that so they're at least getting attention and they just need to go out they need to go out they need to not put their computer on and go out and level it out again it's like bring it back down to basics and get back down to earth because they're probably People who have like a, an element of depression because anger comes out of, you know, that sadness and depression. You know what so they this need? Is my psychology part coming out of it. They me. need. You know what they need? need Other to... human contact. They no, need a no, hug. No, that's that. That would be okay. That's yeah. that's probably <laughs> a good thing. But what they really need is to settle back with some music from Jenny DeVoe. Agree. See, that's <laughs> and and really, if you are a person that likes original songs and a very unique and gifted uh, singer. Um, I could have talked this whole interview just about her voice. If she had never written a song ever, you could just talk about her as a singer. And the same is true of her songwriting. 
but you get both kind of the Reese's peanut butter cup of performers. Um, uh, Jenny, thank you for spending so much time with us. And, uh, oh, I loved it. I loved it. And thank you. I'm so glad that you are listening to my stuff and I'm, it's just awesome to talk to you again. You're awesome. I love your mind and you're funny. You're, I love your humor and I love that somebody with a, you, a you-ness about, a Tom Gulliness about them likes my stuff. It makes me really happy. Tom Gulliness. Okay. <laughs> Gulliness. That's a good, that's a he good. He has quite a Tom Gulliness about him. That's, that's, that's a good stopping point. <laughs> so we finished the interview and then we kept talking. So I had to keep recording at one point and uh, Jenny DeVoe is so awesome. Uh, here's the rest of our gab fest. When you just stand back and go, what am I enjoying more? Or what it looks prettier to me. It's all personal. And it has to do with just not dissecting everything to a point where you're a nerd. You just have to go, that's awesome. Like that, that's, I feel that. Like that's, that's making me feel this. And this other, this other one over here, same song, same recording, but it's all, uh, slicked up and remastered. It's like that doesn't do anything for me. That's not what the Beatles were supposed to sound like. They sounded, or Elvis would, him and the Jordanaires would just kind of move in and out of like a microphone, like in proximity and mix themselves sometimes. And that's amazing. Well, and, and like when I got my first car, it was the eight track, you know, era. And, right. uh, I, you know, so uh, I, you know, you were stuck with whatever was in the car. Um, and I right. had an ELO eight track. And so I got into this one ELO album. And then I remember when CDs came out, I got it. It was the most disappointing moment of my life oh, to hear ELO funny. on CD because all those harmonies in and out of each other and stuff were so crystallized and so they're separated. Th yeah. yeah. You're like, Ooh, they're not blending anymore. They're separated. Like you're looking at everything in folders instead of you want to hear everything from it poured in a bowl mixed together. You don't want to see their folders. Yeah. That's just yeah. upsetting. I gotcha. It was... I completely get that. You know, who really gets that kind of stuff, but as a new artist is Jack white and he's really, um, he gets it. And I kind of feel like the black keys get it. But as a person who can also talk about it, I like listening to Jack White talk about stuff. Have you seen the DVD? It might get loud. No. Get that. I, it I is will. Jimmy Page, the edge and Jack White just talking nerd talk about their guitar playing. Oh no, no, and no, it, no. I did see that. You uh, have seen it. Uh, yes, I did. That was, uh, I think it was on Hulu or something uh, a couple yeah, of months ago, maybe two months ago. And I like watched lots and lots of documentaries. I was like, wow, there's three guys that, how, how did you get access Completely to Completely different. Them? Yeah. Yeah. And Jimmy Page is my favorite. And then Jack White. And I do like The Edge, but you realize too, Jimmy Page, after he was doing touring and stuff, he actually, I just read a book, his interviews with Light and Shade. Have you read that? No. You would like it. You would like it from a music lover's perspective and kind of uh, liking to look behind what really went on. Like, but he's not a dirt. He doesn't deal dirt. He just really careful and a sweet God, What a sweet guy. But um, 
he used to do commercial jingles all the time. That's all he did. So he was real well-rounded and well-versed in going to work every day and writing stuff, just writing anything, all kinds of different stuff. But that guy... I never understood people that have this, like, you know, doing commercials, jingles, or is evil. It's like I was always very able to separate... I'm going to work today for this job that pays me way right. too much money for what I do. I mean, advertising, are you, are you kidding me? And I would go to that job and I would do it. And, and, uh, probably for the first five to seven years I did it, I get pissed off at work all the time and I'd be upset with people cause it wasn't the way I wanted. And then one day I woke up and went, they're paying me to do this. Right. And, and, and you know what? I don't even care. It's right, like, I just do it. Really do it and take your paycheck. Yeah, it's like, I <laughs> right. don't, do I give a about this Pizza Hut commercial? I'll do the best I can. I ain't going to argue with anybody about it. I mean, I sang Pig Latin on a, on a, a jingle once, hey, and when, actually, I loved it. When it I'm doing really voice funny. work, I do voice work for a lot of um, video games. And oh, so that's awesome. When Good I, for you. When I do voice work, man, I get in there and I'm, I'm and I told this guy last week, I'm like, hey, I'm your bitch. Because he kept going. Right. Uh, what do you want me to do? He said, would, you, would it be OK if you read it like this? And I went, hey, I'm your bitch. Right. I, I what do you it, want? I read yeah. it however you want, man. I was he must not escape the village or we will all perish. Is that good? You oh like that God, shit? Oh, my God, I you know, is that, is that good for you? You know, and then you got You're just a hooker for the day. Exactly, man. It's like, and, and sometimes this guy will come in and he'll go, hey, we've got a new character for the game. He's this shoeless fisherman. Do you shoe? Ah, uh, shoeless man. You know how to be a shoeless fisherman? If, yes, if somebody do. asked me to, do you, have, do you have $50? Yeah, I'll be a shoeless fisherman real fast for you. <laughs> whatever, you know, so. Well, I know, I love it. It's like whatever you want. I'm very accommodating too when I go go into into the studio to do voice conversely when it comes to the tom gully show nothing goes on that's not exactly the way i want it now it's never the way i want it because it could always be better but you know people will go you ought to do this you ought to do yeah yeah just call the tom gully show for a reason so you know i want to do a certain thing here you know right and uh, I'm sure you get that. Well, too. I'm honored to be on it. Oh, you shouldn't be honored. I should be honored. I've been wanting. No, to... I am. Well, we we both are. It's like a mutual admiration club. Which uh, I like. but I've been wanting to get you on the show for a while, and I've done a poor job of following through and making it happen. Well, so. and I've been. I'm very. I'm bad about making things like that happen too. I'm just sort of. Um, I just keep going because things kind of like. Oh gosh, I gotta. I'm doing two symphonies in December, and I've got four weeks. To, I've given myself way too hard of things to do with a 50-piece orchestra. I'm doing some originals and then Christmas. It's like cr- Christmas stuff, but it's hard. It's really hard, and so I like it. I'm supposed to be working on that more, and we've done a lot of stuff. Good. And Can't wait they, to hear that one. Right. They, yeah, exactly. And um, and probably You're making trailers. Pro- exactly. You're making trailers. You're seeing right through me. Um, you must be reading my mail. The, um, well, I hate when I see a trailer that is phenomenal because sometimes trailers the are trailers, way better. Hey, the trailer's always the better movie. than the movie. It's always better than the movie. No I know. How, how good You're the brilliant. Trailer uh, makers are 
geniuses. So, and I'll, like, on you know, I know how to make your movie, and that's probably what people say. They're like, can you please make my shitty movie look like it's going to be awesome? Of course so they do. Well, and then in the old days, they used to do little stylistic things that didn't really matter what the clips in the movie were. They would be, they wouldn't even show a clip in the movie. They'd show a guy in a straight jacket. This man has just witnessed the movie, scare me to death. He only, oh, yeah. you know, they wouldn't Where'd even show go? the movie. It wouldn't even be the movie clip. So, girl, I got to tell you, you are wicked fucking awesome. Uh, Thank you. The, these songs, damn. This, uh, what Thank if it, you. What If It Rains is like so awesome. And uh, I already mentioned them once, but geez, Louise, uh, Thank you've, you. you've been making some viciously good shit, I'm telling you. Um, I feel good about my art. It's one of those things where you're like, well, you know what? If I die, I definitely got to say, I mean, I did, I did get to be an artist and I did try to make it like, just get better. No, you and better. are. And, and, and <laughs> will continue to, there's no did there. I mean, uh, the, the best is yet to come. You know what I'm saying? Thank you. Oh, Hey, I, I work, bigger. look, this Texas music scene. And if you go to my site, you'll see, I cover a lot of those artists because they just don't get coverage elsewhere. And, Frankly, one of the things that I like to do is to get the music out there as a document, you know, and, and so people can have their fans listen to it. But the, the bigger thing is that it's just not being done. They need to, right. to, 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 to do that. And, and so, you know, I like to do it for everybody, really, that, that I think uh, is making some really, really, really good music, original music. I, I realize that there's some awesomely talented people on the what i call karaoke shows i hear you they are they and they definitely are and you're and right it's like that's one of the things that i think keeps me from really thinking well maybe just to get noticed i'll go do that but see here josh the, our little guy who won last year he's not a little guy i mean he's like he's like 40 years old he has a phenomenal voice he's got a great sense of He's actually a great writer. Well, you know, it's 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 all the same thing all the time, really. Why are you doing it? Right. Are are you you know it, you know? If, if the, yeah. If the, and if for the, me, if I don't get a sing or if I don't get a get on the stage, I will have. There's a part of me that actually just kind of withers, and it, it most um, most music festivals and shows and concert series don't usually happen in the winter months, so I usually do my writing there, which I think maybe has something to do with some of the darker or not dark, but um, more heartbreaky things that come out because I think there's an actual part of me that is depressed because if I, the, the fewer times I get on stage, it affects me physiologically. I will actually have a chemical change and like, I cannot wait. That's, that would be one of the reasons for me to move to warmer weather just to keep it going more so we do even though i'm going to do a christmas concert there's something about the weather that changes that sort of changes everybody kind of hibernates and that part i don't really like i do love the change of seasons but it kind of affects me yeah I so, but i would die if i was I could, that's why well there's a lot of reasons i left but um i think there used to be advertising in indianapolis i have to tell you um, I sat with my iTunes just with the Jenny Duveau as artist all morning and it was freaking awesome. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Thank you. Yeah, I, I uh, love that. That makes me so happy. I, and I'm glad you like redeeming there's, what if it rains. Like, I don't think everybody gets redeeming like they won't give it. You know when everything's coming at us and we're listening to everything, it's like all 
perky and no no and that song down here the the contrast the irony of what you're saying and like uh oh man it's it, that, that the there's ones i didn't mention yeah i don't think some there. people will hang out in a song and unless you know how what we used to do like i remember going to new york and sitting in somebody's office and and them like oh you got to have this catch here at the beginning it's like no you, you like are underestimating the um intelligence of like or the patience of of people who will like like listen to the whole it's thing. A, like it's you don't a have conversation. To when you meet somebody, you don't tell them the deepest, darkest secret you have in the first sentence. For Christ's sake, exactly. It, you got to cultivate it, and you're like, you're, it's unfolding. It unfolds. You also don't go. At least I don't anymore. Me either. Me either. Because if I did, I would want somebody to put a great big giant hook out on the stage and pull me in. Pull There's me a off. bunch of your other songs that I really like that you see, and it's always tough when you talk to somebody, you know, it's like, I love this song. It's, well, what about but redeeming tells me when people like redeeming, um, I know they're listening to I lyrics like desperately, and they're like getting I like, insights I like, and in between the, I like nobody loves you. Um, that's kind of me trying to do old Billy yeah. Holiday and Louis Armstrong. I like my last hometown. That's that's also. I'm good. proud of my last hometown. Yeah, I mean it's. I like my sister, the hippie. I do not fucking understand it, but I like. That's it. okay. I you know that was kind of one of those where I was a little bit. Uh, I would say, um, not defined enough, but it was fun as we were doing it. I went in with it unfinished, and it's still to me. Uh, there are lines in it that I absolutely freaking love, which is, uh, this love used to taste like a piece of cake. Now it just makes the sound that a wrecking ball makes. Uh-huh. Like, I love that line. And it kind of is, um, I think the rest of the song is sort of, uh, it's hard to really pin down. It is for me too, but it means different things on different days. that you care when it's clear to me you don't don't tell me that you will well I'm pretty sure you won't don't tell me you're confused and think I'll understand darling I can see you I'm not my man I keep you alive with my love if you let me. Oh, but don't expect me to wait around how you forget me. I keep you alive with my love. Third, I mean, it just tickles me because. Can I tell you that I believe in uh, in a, another parallel universe, there are people who would not allow themselves to have considered that I think most artists probably aren't aren't successful at anything else but art. Like so while I'm sitting there giving coffee for people or getting stuff for people, it's like I feel like 
the people who've acknowledged me, it's like, I'm so glad people don't let their stations in life um, dictate you're, you're who, out of college. who they love. You're out of college. I was, thinking, a, I was thinking, this girl's smart. She's a freaking awesome singer, and she's working in a re- recording studio. Hello. Hell, I get yeah. drug into recording sessions by people just waiting on a on a digital beta. You know, hey Tom, we need a yeah. couple voices in here to make crowd noise. Can you join us for? Yeah, what the hell? Yeah, you well, you know, you've worked at a recording studio, know. and you know people. Yeah. People, I was in a radio commercial yesterday. You're like, <laughs> I was in seven thousand last week. <laughs> right. But no, seriously, lady, I'm telling you, um, that you. song is just. That's killer. Uh, that that song right there is just. Uh, it's you know. there. It's I. It, thanks for recognizing it. It's not. It's not everybody. Everybody doesn't recognize it, and it's kind of like. Not everybody loves Angela's Ashes. I mean, that's like one of my favorite books ever, and people think I'm weird when I say I love the humor in it because it's such a dark, uh, Irish potato famine book. But the dude. As it's, opposed it's to the humor. Uh, the cheery Irish potato famine books, exactly, which are out, contract, are probably out there. The Doctor well, Seuss. The I is, remember Doctor Seuss wrote an <laughs> Irish famine potato book, and it was <laughs> one of his lesser knowns. He wanted to. He just he hadn't done it yet. It was about his. his the movie was so bleak, and they they sucked all of the humor out of the things that lie in between. What Frank McCourt was what kept him alive, which was his humor. And it's just the insights. It's like the little insights that this guy has that just make me giggle. Now, do you, do you so like when people recognize redeeming? I'm like, thank you. It's like a club. It's a small club. Do you like uh, vampires? I've not gotten into any vampire shows, but I used to pretend I was a vampire when I was little. So I don't know if that were you Were you a goth? No, Mm-mm. I wrote a song called "Vampire in the Kitchen" in the kitchen, though, which we've never played out. I think, well, maybe we played it out once. We have songs that, uh, and it was all metaphors too. It was, um, oh my gosh, I don't, I actually have to find the lyrics. But I was real. I thought I was real clever. It was before vampires were popular, and then they got real popular, and then I thought, well, they're not even vampires anymore. They right. play, they play softball in the day, you know. Right. I don't have any problem. Vampires can't be in the light. I don't, have, I don't, I don't have any problem with the current generation being the most pompous, entitled, ill-informed, over-opinionated, spoiled. Uh, spoiled. None of that. You know, I don't. The destruction right. of our society. The cell but when phone. they take vampires and put them in the daylight, Man, that's where you draw the line. Now, no, that that demonstrates to me they have no respect for anything. It's right. like, it's what like, the rules it, it, really are. Come on. They don't play softball during the day. And by the way, a vampire guy can't live with a human chick just because he likes her a lot and not suck her dry blood. That, right. It's been proven time again. You don't need <laughs> Oprah. You don't need Maury. Incidentally, how does Maury stay on the air? A show that's only precept is I'm a chick that doesn't know how many guys I slept with that could have fathered my child. And that's a show. It's a show. And I don't know whether to feel worse for the poor, tortured people that have lived their lives in such a manner that they think that that, that's something they should go on television for. 
or the people cheering in the crowd or the millions at home watching. I, I all just, of the above? All good of the above. Lord, I think the last group is the worst because they're the ones that say, this is entertaining to me to watch this parade of human right. ignorance and misery daily. And, and it's, it's probably... Like, where they're having, it's like their day, they're, they need to see something that is have, somebody who's having a worse day than them. Perhaps. Man, you gotta Perhaps. be, if that's, if that's the worst, I mean, what, what's like one scintilla above that? I kind of know. I mean, that's, either that right? many people, I, I don't know. I, I see if they said, would you like to be the host of Mari? Strangely enough, I would probably do Springer because I don't think it's real. As long as you would end on an up note, like, let's have a fulfilling, like, yeah, the, the like where are we going to go from this day? Like, yeah, like, have it, if you could end it on a uh, curving upward where it's like, what have we learned from this? Like, what are we going to do with our lives now? We're not going to do this yeah. anymore. It, You're not going to go out and no. I would host and the show like my, everybody. I would, I would yeah. host the show like my dad. Every show would end with me just, like, looking at him with disgust with my hands on my hips and saying, you people need to get your heads on straight and leaving. Yeah. Or, well, my I, dad or I would say, say or I would say, I would say, get your damn feet off the couch. One of the two, yeah. and then leave. Get a job. Get out of my house. If, if uh, I left my house when I was probably seventeen, and kind of just there's a point where parents and kids um, really shouldn't live together. There's a chemistry that I know. Like, it. I think innate. There's nature is telling you. It probably actually is happening at thirteen. You know, where you're like, you got to get out and, and you got to get your own land and plow your own field because we don't get along anymore. So understanding that when, you know, kids come home or when kids never leave, it's, it's just a sickness. It's like people need to kick each other out, out of love. Like, I want you to survive. Get out. There is a point. It's uncomfortable. It's scary. Yes. Go though. There's a point when... I think the parents realize this is, you know, this has gone on long enough. And uh, for me, that was uh, the point was called birth. You're listening to the Tom Gully Show. Uh, what's your what's your what's your radio show? Where are your radio show hosts at? Where are your radio hosts? Where are you at? Where are you at? What's your what's your show? What's it called? Is it the podcast that's non-existent? You know what? When it launches, can I be on? Can I be on? Please, 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 please. Sure thing, crazy lady. Just send an email to tom at thetomgullyshow.com. Boy, I have never met somebody with a more self-serving, pompous media blowhard that you give Rush Limbaugh a good name. We'd like to thank Jenny DeVoe, incredibly talented 
and uh, just also a beautiful soul. Just a great, great, great person. Uh, thanks again. And remember, go to JennyDevoe.com to keep track of where she's performing and to request her in your area. Let's uh, spread the word about Jenny, okay? She uh, really is a one-of-a-kind artist, uh, without question. Folks, we'd really appreciate it if you'd share this on your various Facebook pages. Trying to spread the word means trying to spread our little show here. We'd appreciate it if you'd like the Tom Gully Show, not me, but the show on Facebook too, if the mood strikes you. And of course, there's always the TomGullyShow.com. That's where you can find everything about the show. There's the Tom Gully Show store. Store. Um, but really, just subscribe on iTunes for free because if it's free it's for me and also if you go to our website the mobile version the app doesn't have all the stuff that the website does you got to request that at the bottom of the mobile app but if you go there there's a place for you to subscribe by email so you just get an email every time we do something new and you can trash it or click it man it's all about choice follow us on twitter at atomic palooka too so i can increase my clout and cred ratings because if I get enough points, we're all going to go to the aces with Reg Dunlop. That'll do it for tonight. I'm out of here. I got to go talk to some people. I'll talk to you much later. Each night, Jay Johnson brings us in with the truth wagon. Go to jjohnsonmusic.com. And normally, we take you out with the Catch-22 Blues by the Hitman Blues Band. But tonight, you know, I don't think the boys would mind if uh, Ms. Jenny DeVoe took us out out of respect for the lady. You know, she's a lady. And we will see you next time. Teardrop in your eye. Oh, oh, but I couldn't see to get a line on you. My sweet honey love. Bubba Durant is dangling her down the street. Make you such a rise to every woman that you meet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, oh, I couldn't seem to get a, a high off you when I was sweet, oh, honey, love. So may the good Lord shine a light on you and make it ever. Song you sing to your